A rising flame was alight as the flow of time carved a new history for Asynchronous. With their newfound wisdom, AJ and Kim took one last look at where it all began. And with that, after 15 episodes and hundreds of hours of gameplay, a new age was set to begin. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Asynchronous, a video game catch-up show. My name is AJ. My name is Kim. And today is the last day that we are ever, ever going to talk about Fire Emblem, ever. Ever. I will never bring it up ever again. (laughs) Um, And to help us never talk about this game again, we have with us the person who uh, joined us at the beginning of this adventure, uh, Alana Oaken. Alana, thank you so much for coming. Welcome, Alana. Thanks for coming back. Thank you so much for having me back. It's been such a delight to listen to. (laughs) I mean, basically, the the structure of the show is we're basically just going to go through all the questions that we asked Alana in our first episode and then give our own answers uh, to that as well. (laughs) And uh, we were just talking right before we started the intro. Kim has bullshit. Alana, you may be familiar with a segment of our show called Some Bullshit. And in honor of the last episode, I wanted to do a Some Bullshit with you here so you could opine. Oh, my God, I'm honored. And it is uh, very appropriately themed. Mm -hmm. These are my takes on which of the students at War School podcast and what their podcasts are about. (laughs) Getting very meta. Um, and you two should obviously, as always, feel free to jump in um, with your own thoughts. So uh, starting with the golden deer, Claude, too cool to podcast and too busy with his own shit. Does not podcast. Mm. Hilda, also too cool to podcast, but she is a very popular guest on other people's podcasts. I was going to say, Kim, I think Hilda is like an infrequent but weirdly popular streamer where like every now and then someone will just get like a notification and she'll just be like playing the most random thing or whatever. And somehow she'll have like 10,000 people. You know what I mean? Like she doesn't want to sit down and edit something. Mm -hmm. She doesn't want to plan it in advance, but like she probably has like an Animal Crossing island with like four different houses on it that she's made different user profiles for. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. That's good. That's fantastic. So yeah, Hilda, definitely a streamer, not a (laughs) podcaster, but a guest on other people's podcasts, Mm -hmm. but will only go on your podcast if you do her work Mm -hmm. for her. Mm -hmm. Um, She'll be like, well, I'd love to, but I like, I need to clean up the library, but, and I really, I want to like prepare if I'm going to be on the podcast. So maybe you can clean up the library for me and then we can record. Yeah. (laughs) Lawrence obviously has a very insufferable podcast about nobility. Right. And that podcast has a significant recurring segment about his search for a noble wife. (laughs) God, (laughs) just talks about his dating life. That's it. Mm -hmm. Marianne, absolutely not. But if she did, it would just be nature sounds. Mm -hmm. Very experimental. Oh, I love that. Very ambient. Raphael does have a podcast about bodybuilding. 
The audio quality is shit tier, <laughs> but it is actually kind of a fun listen because it's just like Raphael being goofy. It does end after three episodes. He just <laughs> stops doing it. Yeah. Ignatz starts a podcast ostensibly about art, but ends up just sort of like going off on tangents about what it means to be an artist and commercialism. And it only ends up being eight episodes long about, but it's like extremely profound and actually becomes a work of art in itself. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I also like to think uh, that Ignatz's show doesn't have any editing. I think he yeah. like maybe just like puts a song in the beginning and end, but the rest of it is just him talking, but it's like really, really verbose and like actually really coherent and he like only ever records at like two in the morning yeah like it's got this sort of like only you and me awake in the world right like yeah totally (laughs) i like to think that every now and then him and Raphael like Mm -hmm. to to pretend that they're gonna guest on each other's or whatever but Mm -hmm. it it never actually ends yeah definitely totally send me an email we can figure it out yeah exactly (laughs) buddy good to hear from you yeah uh and finally in golden deer we have lysithia Mm -hmm. Absolutely does not podcast. She thinks it's childish. Mm. <laughs> would not would not do. Nice. Moving on to Blue Lions. Uh, Dimitri does not have a podcast, but he will make guest appearances to be kind. <laughs> However, never gets invited back a second time because he always <laughs> says some like weird bummer stuff about like <laughs> death or revenge. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, oh, that kind of like brought down the vibe. Um <laughs> Dudu absolutely does not podcast. His whole thing is not talking. Felix absolutely does not podcast. He thinks podcasts are stupid. He insists he does not have time to listen to them. I think, sorry. However. Yeah. (laughs) Did you have a however, Alana? Oh, I have a however, which is I think Sylvain has a podcast that Felix listens to like religiously and will never cop to. (laughs) (laughs) AJ, did you have a however? Yeah, I was going to say, however, uh, there is one episode of Raphael's podcast where it's him like (laughs) shoving a microphone into Felix's face. It's like, we got to talk about training. At the training ground. I love it. It's just like a whole bunch of just like Mike like hitting away sounds like, stop it. Like, yeah. Oh my God, that's so good. Yes, to to your point, Alana, I do think Sylvain has a podcast. I called it a pickup artist podcast, mm. however, which I don't know if Felix would listen to. See, I have a long form headcanon that's going to interfere with any discussion we have, which is just <laughs> that Felix and Sylvain like are in love and mm. are like maybe the greatest love story of our all time. Mm-hmm. And all of Sylvain's women's stuff is sort of some like mm-hmm. weird, problematic, like kind of like denial of feelings, mm. like internalized homophobia. There's there's just like a lot I could get into Macho-ism, here. Uh, yeah. But uh, I'm to be with clear, you. there's nothing in the text of the game that really bears this out other than their incredibly, incredibly uh, heartfelt A plus support. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we could we could talk about that because it's I was like, I don't understand this ship until I got there. And I was like, yeah. Oh, Um, oh my God, AJ, I just got to the part in the episode because I as I said, I haven't actually finished listening to the last episode yet uh, where um, you, I think, got the dialogue of uh, Felix killing Sylvain. Was that what it was? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And like, that's so poignant. Like, I never knew that that happened. So I was just like, oh, yeah, obviously these two fucking love each other. You don't say that to someone you don't want to marry. Yeah, of course. Of course. (laughs) Anyway, sorry. As As you you were. As you stabbed them to death. (laughs) Exactly. So Mercy and Annette, Mm -hmm. I believe, do have a podcast. It's just the two of them, like, having conversations. Very few listeners, obviously, (laughs) because, like, it's not interesting to anyone but them, Mm -hmm. except 
they have one diehard fan. And I think that person is Felix who secretly listens because Annette oh. sings on the podcast. Yeah. I retract my earlier statement. You're a hundred percent right. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> I also like to think um, the the thrust of that show being created and just like the the hosting situation is like just Annette talking a whole lot and Mercedes just kind of sitting there like with a smile <laughs> on her face the whole time, just like mm-hmm. Right. I have also <laughs> seen I have seen a couple of headcanons floating around that Mercy is low-key like a huge stoner. Like she's always just like I've sneaking off to get that. like baked. And like I actually think that that bears out in this case where she's just like mm-hmm ho-hum like above yeah. it all <laughs> yeah. I what what support AJ did you tell me about recently with Mercy oh it was her and Lawrence yeah where she, she just apart. like yeah with a huge smile on her mm-hmm. face just like rips him to shreds and yeah. I was like oh Mercy's just like a Regina George like she is just like like kill him with kindness totally, but the totally. harshest person <laughs> I could totally see that yeah and finally wrapping up Blue Lions Ash and Ingrid have a podcast about their chivalry books and it's your typical kind of like media podcast Mm. but they have like a pretty you know a pretty strong following of like-minded readers Mm -hmm. i almost added to that one that uh eventually they stopped doing it because ingrid says something racist and they canceled Oh, wow. I mean, I would put Sylvain in that category, too, of like people who are going to get dragged for their podcast. No, but I think oh, Sylvain yeah. doubles down on A thousand percent. It. He's going to like roganize yeah. it. I yeah, love right. women. I don't know yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, the Black Eagles. There's not a podcast among them. Not one of these <laughs> these students podcast, I think. Edelgard and Hubert are too busy trying to take over the world. Pinky right. and the Brain style. Uh, Bernie is too scared. Dorothy is too cool. Mm. I think she's another streamer, potentially. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. But like when it comes to podcasting, so she doesn't think like, oh, I'm too cool to have a podcast. She's just like too busy being that bitch. Mm. To, like, <laughs> that totally tracks. Caspar and Petra are too busy training. Ferdinand doesn't have a podcast, but frequently is on Lawrence's mm. podcast. Mm-hmm. Lynn Hart finally has toyed with the idea of starting a podcast about his crest research, but he's too lazy to actually get it off the ground. And at some point he's like, I'd rather just be doing the research or napping Mm -hmm. than making a podcast about it. So those are my takes. I obviously didn't do any, you know, faculty or sure. additional dads oh, see, or I what have ha- you. I think Hanneman probably has I was about to some, say Hanneman, like, absolutely. Like, yeah, you're right. Like has like an almost like Jordan Peterson adjacent yes, yes, kind yes. of like oh. alternate facts. You're like, right. like I, I don't know. I fucking hate Hanneman. I'm sorry. I think he's like <laughs> the worst character. AJ, I, so I, you haven't heard this because we just recorded this episode, but <laughs> AJ I love apologist. Hanneman now. I think AJ, so I have now played the game nine times and sure. I have never once recruited (laughs) his supports are really good maybe i need to do another silver snow run that is just like all the people who i like really don't like like i don't like cyril i don't like Catherine. (sighs) i don't know all the all of them just kind of are not my cuppa and maybe i need to just like give them a shot and see what supports i can get yeah i think you need to at least give them a shot because i think you're gonna be really surprised where my hanneman ends up in my golden deer belt oh that's good to know because i've also i've heard um some stuff that aloisa's supports actually like unlock a fair amount about like various people's stories and I've like never really seen it firsthand. I just yeah. like, don't care about the faculty. <laughs> the faculty are actually really, really good and it stinks yeah. that it's all like they're not very interesting and the only reason I recruited mm-hmm. them because I was like, well, I mean, they have to be they have to have some sort of support. Right. They have supports with all of these people. There has to be some interesting writing in there. At right, least. right. And there is is the thing. The one thing I will push back on about the Black Eagles is I think Bernadetta has a podcast mm-hmm. similar to there's the big Twitter thread of like all the fake tweets from all the things. And uh, Mm -hmm. from all the students and 
Bernadetta's online persona is like key smashing, like typing in all caps. She has like an Invader Zim profile picture. And I love that being her online persona because I think that's 100% accurate. And I think she has, she's really popular on a couple Mm. of forums. And I think she has a podcast about something from one of those forums or just about fandom in general, but she only goes by her username. Oh, I love this. I love this like rich inner internet life. Yeah. (laughs) And as soon as somebody is like, oh, Bernadetta, this kind of sounds like you. She immediately shuts down and like the podcast goes on hiatus for like a month. (laughs) Oh, Um, this actually, so this dovetails with another headcanon that also involves Sylvain, uh, (laughs) which is uh, that Bernadetta is like a huge fic writer, like that she just writes like, like, I mean, obviously she's a great, like, you know, regular mainstream writer too but like that that you know she has these like hundred thousand word long yeah. fics that she's just been like building up and that sylvain is her biggest fan and is always waiting for her to like <laughs> drop the next chapter on oh ao3 and like leaves tons of kudos and comments and oh, stuff that <laughs> is good so on point that's yeah. good yeah. shit yeah <laughs> so good i love that uh so that's the that's the bullshit. This was good. That's that was bullshit. good bullshit, Kim. Um, yeah, thank you, thank you both so much for helping me augment it. Um, <laughs> some really good thoughts in there. Yeah. So yeah, we were just gonna go through and use those questions that we asked in episode zero as kind of the backdrop to mm-hmm. <laughs> to talk about the game. Uh, starting with, of course, is the game good? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Wow. Here's the thing. <laughs> I love this game. Yeah. And I also hate this game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like there there's so much good stuff mm-hmm. that the bad stuff starts to feel so frustrating. Mm-hmm. So like the characters, obviously, that is like the cornerstone, like mm-hmm. just incredible. But the story's a mess. Oh, it's like <laughs> barely a story. It's almost yeah. like they kind of realized there had to be like a narrative underpinning the game like and it's like amazing <laughs> mechanics and so they sort of like hastily and again no, no shade to the game developers or like whoever worked on it but like I don't know it's interesting also comparing it to other Fire Emblem games because it actually mm. has more plot than any of them like God. I recently played uh, Awakening for the first time I guess that was like a year ago and there's just like actually no plot whatsoever it's just like <laughs> there's a battle and then there's sort of like there's not like a monastery phase but there is like you're back at the base camp and then you're mm-hmm. in battle and like they don't even try and this feels <laughs> Like that almost seems more dignified in its way, where it's like, why don't you just uh, yeah play to the strength? Like, why bother with those who slither in the dark? Right. Yeah. Focus oh on the character God. stories and then just throw yeah. battles in there. Like, I don't need. Yeah. yeah. Jeez. Yeah. I like. I think the thing that was frustrating too is like within the story, there are a lot of cool ideas that yeah. I wanted more of, yeah. like the uh, the like more attention to the political drama that's, yes, totally. that's playing out with the war would have been interesting. Or I don't know, like there are so many things like that where I'm like, if this had been focused on it could have been so good. And instead it's just like, well, there's political drama. And then there's also this weird sci-fi thing that's happening that you hear about in all the runs, but it only really happens in some of the runs. Right. right. For three <laughs> chapters total. Yeah. Barely. Yeah. Yeah. Truly. I, yeah. Like golden deer. I, like I, w- I loved it so much. I thought it was my favorite run not to preview future conversation, but um, getting to the end and then it being like, oh, actually there's these like other guys and we got to go defeat them. And, and then nemesis, is back. Shows us, yeah. <laughs> I'm here like, too. It just felt yeah. so out of left field. And then, uh, yeah, I just I wish that there had been a little more focus. I think, yes, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I I totally agree. I mean, um, 
like we've talked on the podcast and off the podcast about how there is just too like I mean, like you just said, there is too much story. There's too many themes. The the game, I, I would say the game is trying to deal with too much, but I think the game is trying to deal with nothing. And, right. they, <laughs> and they've introduced a hundred things that they could deal right, with. It's like, but, but we showed you the theme. What do you mean we have to right. explore and unpack <laughs> and problematize the theme? The, the theme's right there. Right. Yeah. And I uh, I didn't think I was going to get to this point so soon in the show. But Kim, I think you and I have talked about this on previous episodes, too. Mm-hmm. Like the game could be served so much more by just like in the first half, you talk to all the students in the second half, whatever students you have the highest bond with those are the ones that you Mm -hmm. go into the second half of the story Mm. with and that's the game like we don't need all of these different arcs and all of the you know uh, it's just mm, it's frustrating that's actually that's a really interesting point aj and again i say this as someone who has played so many times and like after the time skip it really runs together for me like i can't Mm -hmm. even totally remember like like it's been interesting hearing you guys go through you know a season and and talking about sort of oh this is what happens in chapter 14 or this is what happens in chapter Mm -hmm. 17 and it's like again i i've played this game back to front and that stuff doesn't even register because it's all so mushy and, yeah. and it's usually just like a weird half-baked like precursor to whatever battle you're going to fight right. on like basically the same map that is happening you know in, in other <laughs> yeah. chapters as well um, and it does just kind of give you this weird sense of like I don't want to say like you're not committed to it but at that point it's just like I just want to see the story through I'm exactly. not like so invested in the cause of any mm-hmm. one of these like idiot children basically like even Claude <laughs> like who I love and am obsessed with like Claude I think is the best character in this game I think I yeah. completely agree with you guys that I think Golden Deer is by far the most like cohesive and fun run. Um, but even then it's like, okay, homeboy, like you could just like tell everyone, like, like you could just tell them and then you <laughs> right, yeah. wouldn't have any conflict and it would be fine. And like everyone would be on your side and it would be whatever, like, right. like just a lot of manufactured drama for no reason. Yeah. I think the thing that, that I realized as we were going and, you know, especially getting to the end now and finally being able to like go read Reddit posts and like (laughs) read people's opinions without worrying about being spoiled. I think the thing that I realized is that I don't know if it's because of how we played the game, but most people who love this game, I think, see the story as just a backdrop for Mm -hmm. characters and battles. Um, And for whatever reason, we got really invested (laughs) in this story. I mean, I think it's just by nature the way we played it, you know, one chapter Mm -hmm. at a time over six months. Of two different runs, too. There's a lot. And learning simultaneously from the other. Like, that's what's been so interesting hearing you guys and hearing these episodes is like, oh, right. Like, you knew all this stuff about Edelgard, Kim, by the time you were facing Mm -hmm. her. And like, I fully like did not, you know, like, and again, I did Golden Deer first, which I think was a mistake for a number of reasons, but I loved it. Like, well, I I think, I think you actually, (laughs) I think you guys don't know what you wouldn't have known if you hadn't played. Sorry. I like, can't even articulate this, Mm -hmm. but like, no, I get it. Yeah. You wouldn't know the stuff that you did go into going, go, (laughs) I can't articulate this at all. You know what I I mean though? Yeah. 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 Like I think that having that underlayer and having that knowledge of Dimitri, of Edelgard, of their plot lines is like very, very key for Golden Deer in a lot of ways in order Mm. to sort of like see the overall story together. But again, story is almost beside the point. So yeah, Yeah, I, I guess this, we're sort of leading now into the next question that we had talked about, which, uh, you know, we asked like, should, should we play the same houses and which ones should we do first? I think I, I really struggled with Blue Lions not getting most mm. of the like main plot reveals. Right. Um, you know, it is very much an isol not isolated, but um, it's very zoomed in to mm. 
to that house and specifically to Dimitri. And I have my qualms with the the story, but I think it's a good story. I was invested. But yeah, I think that obviously it's hard to say what, you know, how differently it would have been if I hadn't heard what was going on in the Crimson Flower run that AJ <laughs> was doing. But I do think that it felt so isolated from so many of the the mm. threads that were set up in, you know, in part one, even in, you know, in part two. Like I the the example that I go back to a lot is getting the Sedith a support where he says, when mm. we find Rhea, I'm going to, you know, make sure she tells you about your origins. And that that doesn't happen. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it was just like. What? Like, so, uh, and obviously, you know, that is a support. It's a, um, you know, it's something that is not necessarily in the main story. So it's easy to see how something like that would happen in a game like this, uh, where there would be that setup without the payoff. But I mean, it's it, you, when you're making this game, you know that you're going to put Sedith with <laughs> with Violet right. for, for the Blue Lions run. I feel like that should be something where either you make sure there is narrative payoff right, for that right. or you don't lay that breadcrumb. Right, you um, don't bury it in an optional support, which is like right. where so much of this information is. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think that that structure yeah. is like boned. <laughs> and, yeah. I, and I do think that like to that point, burying things in supports and burying things in parallel paralogs where often oh my god i'm so no glad way. you got the to do paralog because like it's I, ins- yeah. I think that that's like kind of unconscionable that they make that such an easy oh. t- turn off to miss like uh-huh. the fact that you could do the paralog and somehow just like not rescue a basically arbitrary amount of people and mm-hmm. you would still not get to do back just feels like cruel yeah and i think i mean i've talked to you about like <laughs> my issues with how they handle to do oh, as a character uh, oh my god <laughs> yeah but yeah i i mean even something like mercedes and caspar having a paralog together mm. which like i would never have yeah. imagined if yeah. i you know it's something that you have to stumble upon leone and linhard have a paralog together mm-hmm. and i yep. don't think they have any supports together <laughs> no <laughs> neither do caspar and mercedes yeah a lot of people with paralogs don't have supports yeah. together so there's not even that like breadcrumb to lead you to be like, oh, I wonder what happens if I recruit them and, you know, build that relationship. Right. And so many of those only happen in the second half of the game such that you're Mm -hmm. like automatically walled out from a lot. I think like if I'm going to give any kind of charitable read to all this and like give it like give it such a grain of salt because I don't actually think that it was thought through this strongly. Yeah, it's I think obviously I think that the idea is that you are supposed to play it over and over again, which I, you know, take some issue with. I I wish that someone could just play this game. It's so long. I wish someone could just play it through once and still get at least like the broad outlines. And then Mm -hmm. the idea is that you would like fill in color and details if you play it again and again. And like, Mm -hmm. oh, I didn't notice that. Not like, oh, I didn't realize that like the game wanted me to notice that. Um, But the other thing I think that they are on some maybe clumsy level sort of trying to like complicate like pre-established narratives. Like I think you're supposed to think from the get that like Edelgard is obvious. There's obviously something up with Edelgard. She's obviously the evil one. Like she is sneaky. She is like blah, blah, blah. Dimitri is the good one because he's blonde and he's stalwart and he's up like, like you're supposed to think that like Dimitri is the protagonist of the game. Mm. And then like, I like that you go into it and like sort of are not only disabused of that, but realize that it's not even like the main line as such. Like, I don't know there's just something really compelling to me about thinking you're following like the noble shining prince into battle and then it turns out that it's just like this like complete nonsense mess of like poorly handled <laughs> mental health issues and like yeah. you know, like I don't know I, I think that there is something compelling and, and vice versa with Edelgard that like at first she seems so sneaky and awful and evil and granted in a lot of ways I think 
still yeah. is. But like, I think that they do introduce some complications throughout. I don't know. I, mm. I think that they're 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 trying something, and I do not think that the plane lands most of the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I I can see that, and I you know I think Claude is it has sort of the same thing going on mm. where it's like, oh Claude, he's just like this fun jokester the guy, chill, and it's right. like actually he is like big brain over here, mm. like you know right. plotting and scheming. Claude's actually such a funny character though, Kim, because he almost has two twists. Like first it's like you think he's like totally normal happy-go-lucky mm-hmm. and then it turns out he has a dark secret and then it turns out his dark <laughs> secret is not it's that interesting not, or yeah. bad like like so like and I remember playing the first time and being like oh my god like Claude's obviously hiding something he's being so sketchy mm-hmm. with me and my like B support like what's the twist like what's the problem is he siding with someone who's bad and then it's just like oh he's from another country right <laughs> like it's also kind of like no offense no shit like <laughs> yeah. yeah like I want to end racism that's my right. big secret like, oh, right. yeah totally Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's just wild i mean with with claude specifically but i just like i think uh alana when you said you're you made a mistake like doing golden deer first and us not knowing what we don't know yeah uh i don't know if i (laughs) um you mean maybe i like accidentally did the perfect first run and then (laughs) yes honestly so because like even with even with there there is so little that we learn about mm. the kingdom in the Golden Deer route. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, Dimitri, we think he's dead. And then he shows up at Grinderfield and then actually dies. And that's his entire arc. Mm. And it's like, okay. And then with the Empire, it's just like, oh, well, they're evil. And like, that's all you really need to know. <laughs> and I, and I, I, like you said, it's impossible for me to like actually separate the stuff that I did know going into Golden Deer. But yeah. part of me feels like going in with next to no knowledge about the kingdom and the Empire, like all I need to know is that like, yeah, I want to end racism. That seems like a pretty cool deal and like mm. if this is this if this is going to do that i don't really know, need to know anything about the two right. other sides i this trust is just the, the backdrop against which mm-hmm. that is yeah happening. exactly you know aj maybe maybe i'm gonna revise my advice that i have now been giving to people for two years so <laughs> sorry everyone um if you're only gonna play one run which i know it's impossible to tell going into this game maybe golden deer is the move like if you're like i am just gonna do it once and maybe yeah. if you're like i'm gonna just play all of them over and over again in perpetuity yeah. you know you can kind of go from there yeah and that's kind of where we landed at the end of our golden deer episode it's like maybe mm. this is the first route like maybe this is yeah where, but, and again we're three years out from this game coming out so like right, i don't know right, who right, i'm right. giving this advice to but <laughs> right that that is the advice I will and give. neither of you guys has played the church route right the uh, the, no. uh, the the silver snow so i, I have can, looked up the things yeah. that you learned though because i was yeah. like i want to know this but i don't want to play it right I, now. i will say that is the one route that like unless you're a true true completionist there is no point to playing it especially because mm-hmm. the second half is almost fundamentally identical to uh golden deer second half to right. verdant wind like to the point where I think people have even posited that they actually some of the maps were reused or they like were copy pasting basically between these two routes but like there is no reason to do both of those it's like the exact same final battle Mm -hmm. and like I mean it's interesting just to like see Rhea like bitch about Edelgard from the other side of the curtain but like (laughs) whatever (laughs) yeah I think that you know to the point you made earlier about how you think that knowing Dimitri's and Edelgard's like backgrounds and motivations are are really key to understanding what's going on in Golden Deer I think that and again, we're all guessing, but like, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that going through Golden Deer and sort of seeing like, okay, like Dimitri show back up. He's got an iPad. She's, you know, mm. he's having a rough time and now he's dead. And yeah. Ilgard started this war and I still don't really understand why. Like that to me, I think strikes the right balance between giving you enough story for mm. it to feel sort of cohesive and satisfying while also laying those uh, breadcrumbs to to be like, well, now yeah. I really want to find out what was going on with 
Dimitri. And then, you know, if you play that route next, it's like, oh, okay, now I've just filled out that like extra part of the story. Totally. That makes a lot of sense. So that's, that's kind of my take on it. But I I do totally like, I I think that there's more than one way to go about it. Um, Even broader, I just don't know. And this is maybe even more (laughs) uh, controversial, but I'm not even sure that I think that the three route structure serves the game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, sort of as as AJ alluded to earlier, we've talked about like, what if they're what if the beginning of this game were always the same? You don't pick a house, Mm -hmm. you just build relationships. And then at some point there's this war and, you know, you're aligned with whoever you're aligned with. Maybe you pick a, you know, decide who you're going to be aligned with then and sort of end up with the students you end up with you know there's a world where I feel like that could be a lot more powerful (laughs) and like fruitful as a narrative mm -hmm. yeah yeah just in terms of like you've you've built relationships with everyone but now you're really seeing the um the the fruits of Mm -hmm. (laughs) of that relationship building and you know because I think one of the themes that we've we've talked about with this game is like choice and uh, you know how your choice impacts the narrative but for the most part, the only choice you really make, aside from these like little micro choices about supports, is the house choice at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And that kind of determines mm-hmm. the fate of history. Right. And you don't even know what that choice means at that right. point, which, right. which I think is a, a fair and potentially strong point that like, yes, when you make these choices, you don't know how they'll play right. out. But like, it's actually funny, Kim, because like, I know you're a big Mass Effect fan as well. And mm-hmm. not to, you know, and AJ, I don't know, have you haven't played Mass Effect, have you? I or, have not played Mass Effect. Or, I have the game. Oh, hell yeah. Played. But anyway, not to like bring too much about another game into this discussion, but I played that for the first time last year and it really struck me how sophisticated sort of the choice mechanism was in a way that I think this game maybe thought it was going for and just is it's like looking at a cave painting versus looking at like the Sistine Chapel, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, where it's like you will have a conversation or save someone early on in Mass Effect that like has ramifications 20 hours later in a way that you haven't even seen. And I think that like Three Houses is almost built such that that could have happened like there was a mm-hmm. like I, I have to believe that there was a way that like a wire could have been tripped such that like it wouldn't have been hidden in the paralogue say if to do comes back or not like maybe mm-hmm. it was even like he had to get to a B support with Ingrid so he didn't think that the whole blue mm-hmm. lions were racist and thought it was like worthwhile to come back or like whatever do you know what I mean like I think that there yeah. there were more subtle and more sophisticated ways that they could have made small things or seemingly small things like bear out mm-hmm. down the line as opposed to like it's very rock and chisel it's very much like yeah did you get points? Did you pick blah? Like, it, and, right. and again, did you flip the switch or did you not? And it's yeah. easy for me to like Monday morning quarterback. Like I have no idea what goes into mm-hmm. making anything like this. And obviously there's like a lot, a lot to have to navigate with. Like you've got 40 different students or, you know, whatever, 24 mm-hmm. students. How do you possibly come up with dialogue options sure. if, if they do every, every one of, you know, every single possible factor. Sure. But like there are times where it just feels so unbelievably clunky. And even like, I think you guys have spoken about this before, but it's something that always strikes me is how badly deployed the supports are, especially after the time skip, where like you will sometimes (laughs) like have a lot, a time locked, you know, a support between two characters where they're clearly just talking about something that happened before the time skip. And it's like, this wouldn't Mm -hmm. still matter to you. And if it did, like you would be talking about it differently. And it's like, look, again, I understand so much had to go into making this game, but that starts to feel like an error, honestly. Like when Mercedes and Annette are talking about like a fight they had five years ago. Yeah. And I'm supposed to believe they weren't friends this whole time. Like that doesn't yeah. even feel like it's like, oh, it's kind of weird. It's like, that feels like a mistake. Like, like that does not mm-hmm. feel like it should 
should have made it into the final game because it just isn't even like right. like it, it's easily contradicted just like in the text of the game itself. So it's like it's stuff like that. And I don't mean to sound like nitpicky in terms of like the mechanics because like whatever, right. but like the effect it has on the narrative and on your sense of someone who is making choices. I think Kim, going back to your point, makes you feel this weird disconnect where it's like, I'd like mm-hmm. to think that I am pulling a lever and seeing something happen, but I'm, I'm kind of not in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Right, right. I think something that that sh- sort of shows the cracks in the in the three root structure, especially is we started noticing these like huge differences between just like, I don't want to say the quality, but like, mm. uh, you know, my Blue Lions run, I got a lot of interesting cutscenes. Right, um, right. And AJ got one. Uh, and then you, you get to Golden Deer and it's like, oh, yeah, we hired an opera singer for this song. And, <laughs> you know, uh, th- there's some dubstep here. And, you know, it <laughs> totally. just feels like, oh, this is the canon run, I guess, because it's like it, it, it feels like there's so much more effort. It is wild how incomplete Crimson Flower feels. Like Crimson Flower yeah. feels like they did not finish the game full stop. Yeah. It almost feels like it's something that they tried to add on after the fact, like like originally that it was supposed to be like Silver Snow, Verdant Wind, yep. and uh, Azure Moon. Like it, it like, and it, it makes no sense that there would only be the 18 chapters. It also, I will say on a mechanics level, because I'm like this kind of dork, like, so I play Maddening now, which is a completely different game. Like, like it is just, it is not the same game whatsoever in terms of just like training and putting characters where I mm-hmm. have never beaten Golden Deer or uh, um, Crimson Flower on Maddening. And I don't know anyone who has because you don't have enough time to train your units. Like, yeah. like it actually, oh, like wow. you cannot, I mean, I'm sure there are people out there who can and do do it, but like, it is so hard with like four fewer chapters to even like get all the relationships relationships built and to like see everything you would want to see. It's like, why would, why did they do that? Why didn't they just make four more chapters? Like, yeah. And they're right there. The chapters are right yes, there. And they talk about them in the epilogue. Yeah. <laughs> so mad. Right. It's, it's like, like, and then Hubert found those who sliver in the dark by. Like, like, yeah. Yeah. For, for that, for that arc to not lead to those who slither in the dark finally at the end is like wild. Also, it's like deeply insulting that as grown adults, we have to keep saying those who slither in the dark. Like that's like, it's like, oh, truly, uh, truly. you haven't heard this episode no, yet, not. Alana, but I started calling them Swifties um, because snakes, snakes slither. I love it. I love yeah, it. you I love totally it. got yeah. it immediately. <laughs> um, <laughs> just, just like for purposes of the podcast, I was like, I can't keep saying this. We're no. going to bloat the length of the episode. Yeah. Just right. because of what these dudes are called. I feel like, and even like the Black Eagle Strike Force, like all those are like oh. fucking first draft <laughs> ass names. Stupid. Like that's yeah. what you put in as like filler for when you're going to come up with the better name later. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so bad. Yes. <laughs> There's an, the, the only thing I love more than talking about how much I love this game is absolutely dunking on this game. Yeah, yes. it's a, it, it deserves to be dunked on. It okay, does. There's, it, it does. It's, it's so good in so many ways. Yes. And the ways that it's bad, it's not just like nitpicky bad. It's like really bad. And it just <clears throat> the fa- the highs are so high that the lows are immeasurably lower. Right, right. It's yeah, so frustrating. I've never and been I this frustrated just... in a video game and want to play it again. Like I've never. Yeah. I, I every time I edit an episode or, or before I edit an episode, I'm like, okay, I'm done with Fire Emblem. I'm, I'm happy to be done, whatever. And then as soon as I go to edit the next one, I'm like, ooh, I should start a church run. Oh, I mean, I blame you guys. Before I'd even talked to you about being on this episode, I had started a Golden Deer Maddening like because you were just like talking about it. And I was like, mm-hmm. like it's almost the kind of thing where it's like, I, I can't hear about this without like actively participating. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's so weird. Every every time AJ edits an episode too, we end up having like a long conversation <laughs> about the story and the right. themes. And it's like, I can't get it out of 
my brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, Alana, I listened because at some point yesterday, um, we, we finished recording the Golden Deer episode <laughs> yesterday and, and we, we had a whole conversation about like, you know, politics and race and whatever. And that led me, I was like, I bet Waypoint Radio has some great like commentary on this. So I went and looked and they, <laughs> they were going to do a spoiler cast. They never ended up doing it. So instead I went and listened to every single episode that they had talked about Fire Emblem <laughs> totally, Three Houses in, totally. scrubbed to the point where they talked about it and took notes so that I could send them to AJ so they didn't have to listen to Amazing. <laughs> it took me six hours. Mm. That's what I did on Saturday. No, it, like it's a game that makes you want to do homework. Like yeah, I have, I yeah. will say, and sorry, I know this is so far afield from what you guys are asking in terms of the Please, questions. But like I, I have never been like a min maxing, like training up the perfect unit so that it's like defenses, blah, blah, blah. And it's speed is like, I, I have often looked down on that and thought it was just like silly and like missing the point of games and like whatever this game, like mm-hmm. completely rewired my brain for that. Like, like I care so much about like building a busted Lysithia now like, yeah. shit like that. And like there is something about the like monastery phase and then the battle phase and the way they blend into one another and the way that like like I think we talked about this in the first episode but it's like it's like the eating a bunch of salty snacks and then eating a bunch of sweet Mm -hmm, snacks and then it's like well I need my Cheez-Its again now that I've had my M&Ms and like like (laughs) the way the game encourages you to just do that over and over again it it really feels like an addiction and in a way that like a lot of I, I love and I'm obsessed with many games but like I don't know that I've played a game that really got in my craw the way that this one did and like made me want to be so obsessive about like researching everything about it and stuff yeah yeah there's something about the way that a chapter ends Mm -hmm. and then it immediately launches you into the next chapter that's so hard to get out yeah um (sighs) (laughs) moving on we like like run a marathon after every question yeah Uh, the next question we had talked about was what difficulty to play on. Oh, yeah. I ended up doing normal, casual, and then normal classic. Mm. Oh, wow. And both were entirely too easy. <laughs> Interesting. So I have still never done a classic. And so you did normal classic mm-hmm. for uh, Golden Deer? For Golden Deer, yeah. yeah. But everyone was so overpowered. Right, and right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I had an interesting experience. I, I did the same thing, normal, casual, and then uh, Golden Deer on normal classic. Mm. But... I purposefully only did like one battle a week in my Mm. monastery phase because I didn't want to really overlevel my kids. Yeah. And the fact that I was on classic also meant that I was really taking my time and not just like shoving my fortress knight like into the middle of of 10 units (laughs) because I don't really care if they die or not. But also at that same time, like you start the new game plus with like seven divine yeah, pulses so I that mean, also doesn't super matter but it was fun to try and not have to use a divine pulse for me and to also keep my kids like mm-hmm. at the same level that that the enemies were at, yeah. the, at the end of the month uh battle but yeah so so i and and correct me if i'm wrong but hard and maddening add more units to battles right like so hard units. and maddening do some really interesting stuff so actually mm-hmm. i will say the biggest thing is to do with training and experience and i believe this happens oh. in hard it certainly happens in maddening you are limited in how many auxiliary battles you can do per month you can only do i believe up to okay. three corresponding with your professor level which is sort right. of a natural ceiling on like overpowering which i really like and that's why that's why maddening is just a completely different game because you have to plot out who you're basically going to give experience to like each month because there's such a limited pool to draw from that you kind of have to be like, 
okay, I need to make sure that like Sylvain does most of the damage, but like Lysithia mm. comes in and gets the kill and that's yeah. how she's going to get to the next. Like, like it becomes so intricate because you only have a few battles. Um, but I believe at least in Maddening, there's like a lot more enemy units and they mm. just like, um, also accuracy matters a ton. Like I think it, I, I don't know mm. if it actually changes the numbers on the units themselves or if it changes like overall, but basically like, you know how like, in normal and even hard, like you, you just assume like for the most part, your attacks are going to land, like maybe an attack from an ax, like every now and then will miss, but like whatever, not the case at all in maddening. It feels like fucking half the attacks miss. And so you have to be like <laughs> so much more judicious about it. And that's why like archers are so much more valuable because they like barely ever miss, even though they're weaker. Mm-hmm. It's like, it, it just kind of changes the weight of certain things. I would say. Hmm. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. I, I would definitely like to try hard someday. Yeah. I just like, didn't want to do it this you know, I thought about doing it for Golden mm-hmm. Deer and then I was like, I just don't want to like take up more time. Right, right. Um, I think it's wise yeah. to save that for like the next time the craving hits you in, you know, six months or a year or mm-hmm. whatever, like let Probably yourself sooner. I, I, I mean, that was, yeah, <laughs> I've been there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think maybe save hard for that. And like, honestly, yeah. I never, ever thought I would be able to do maddening and it's really fucking fun. Like, mm-hmm. I think I would go through hard a few times, a few times in order to like mm-hmm. make it worth it. And I realize I'm talking about a video game that takes like 60 hours a run right. to complete and I'm being so <laughs> casual about it like I don't actually think anyone should live their life the way I do but like, <laughs> but it is interesting to work up to it like it, it yeah. still feels like a different game to me having played nine times which is pretty amazing <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> someday yeah someday. <laughs> you two can be like me kids <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we also talked about who we should recruit. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to to generally discuss like the recruiting is really I think very well done. I don't I don't know so much about like the the mechanics of it are fine, but like the way that no matter who you recruit, they have unique dialogue yes. that is like woven into the story and makes they they make it make sense mm-hmm. that this person is right, there. Right. I thought that was all like really, really well done. I didn't do a ton. Well, I guess I could. I panicked at the <clears throat> right before the time skip in my Blue Lions run was like, I need to save all of the yeah. <laughs> all of the. Uh, oh, I so um, get that feeling. That, my last my last maddening run, I uh, recruited every available student. Nice. Because <laughs> nice. I, I wanted it to be like my canonical, like I saved everyone. They all got out except <laughs> mm-hmm. for, you know, Dimitri and to do. Sad. But yeah, I think that and I, I do love how you can get different bits of story from from those supports like i do i do appreciate that um i wish that sometimes it was more like character focused than like here's a bit about the whole narrative that <laughs> right, you, right. you had to recruit these two particular characters mm-hmm. to to get but yeah i in golden deer i metagamed a little bit and looked up nice. like who had paralogs and stuff together <laughs> so i did get that the Lynn Leone, Leone. Leone. Yeah. that's yeah. a good one that's so good. it is yeah. that's actually good too also because i feel like the golden deer are the weakest in terms of healers and getting Linhard mm-hmm. in there is like a nice thing to have too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll hear in the, <laughs> yeah. the Golden Deer episode, but I Linhart became like a regular member oh, of the yeah. squad. I'm obsessed with Linhart. He's one of my um, favorite characters. Yeah. He's so good. I love so him great. so much. I made him uh 
uh, my dancer because I decided I wanted him to never attack. I love uh, that. That's like very meaningful. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, okay, if he's a pacifist, I want to make it so that like he he only ever heals or like buffs or, you know, he's Mm -hmm. he's only ever helping anyone unless he gets attacked, in which case he would counter and usually kick some ass. But yeah, like I going back to the difficulty thing, um, it was really fun to like impose those limits on myself, sort of like a the equivalent of like a Nuzlocke or something. People do these like insane meme runs where they'll be like, Dimitri's my dancer and like Raphael is a mage and like, like they will like basically cast against type. And like, I've never done that, but I think it seems kind of fun. Yeah. (laughs) And then apparently there's certain little Easter eggs where like Hilda has no magic acumen whatsoever. Like it's not one of the things that she's like good at or whatever, but she Mm -hmm. has this insane spell that I think only two other characters in the game get called bolting, which is basically the equivalent of meteor where you can like yeah. anyone on the map. And it's just like, why the fuck does Hilda have that? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, It's kind of crazy. Like what you can unlock. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the, the closest or the, yeah, I guess closest I got to playing off type was I made Marianne a paladin. I, I, oh, I, yeah, I made yeah. Marianne really good at the Lance. Um, that's, I think that's a really strong move. And yeah, she <laughs> fucking tears it yeah. up. Um, her, her crest is really, really great for it uh, as well, mm-hmm. um, which I think is obviously on purpose. But so I, I do a genuinely deranged thing now that like is not <laughs> fun but like does get your characters some some extra stuff which is I basically bring them through classes I have no intention of them battling in permanently so like I will take Marianne up through uh, I will max her out on Cavalier or Paladin because then she'll get like a special skill at the end that doesn't go away even Mm. when she's in a different class Mm. it like it can be helpful to do that for certain ones of them but again that's like that's some real galaxy brain shit right there (laughs) yeah wow I mean because you get like the dex plus four or something you'll get get the the abilities abilities are like very key my Lysithia at this point because also I, I you know each time I basically buy back all of her like old skills with renown and stuff so now right. she's just maxed out I think she's got S plus on like four or five different skills or whatever <laughs> like, it's just like okay. at this point I'm like teaching her authority because I have nothing else that she needs to learn like, amazing amazing yeah. I did really like the or appreciate the advice of recruiting Lysithia to Black Eagles because I think that storyline is like invaluable mm-hmm to the uh, black, to the crimson yeah. flower and, and stuff. It's so good. Did you recruit Mercedes as well, AJ, on Black Eagles or no? Not on Black Eagles. I did recruit yeah. her and Caspar in Golden Deer. Got it, got it, got it. Because yeah. I have recruited Mercedes maybe once on Crimson Flower, and it's interesting having her and Yuritsa on the same team. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what I've thought about. When, yeah, whenever yeah. I do a church run or whatever run I do next. Yeah, 100%. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Someday when I play Black Eagles. Someday. <laughs> she's on my list. Yeah. Um, Because that was one thing that I was like, I never found this out. Yeah. <laughs> in, I, Kim, in I'm so, I am interested to see if you do play Black uh, yeah, um, Black Eagles one day because like I felt the exact same way as you the first couple times I played of like, I don't, un- and I shouldn't say the exact same way as you. I know you have very complicated feelings toward it, but like <laughs> I kind of do like I love Edelgard I think she's a fascinating character but like I find her very I I found her completely irredeemable and like just her her way of doing things just something I could not get past until I was like in the heart of Mm -hmm. doing a Black Eagles run like it probably took me like seven or eight chapters to even be like okay I like I'm picking up what you're putting down even if I don't totally agree with it like yeah it it was very interesting how that switch flipped for me like oscillating Mm -hmm. between yeah I'm not like totally anti-Edelgard like I get it right, i'm right. on board for like what what she is you yeah. know what she wants i hate the church too girl yeah, yeah, like exactly. i get it but yeah i was just like mm, you're threatening my my children a lot <laughs> yeah 
yeah, yeah. I can't have that. Yeah, we do kind of talk about that in our Golden Deer episode about yeah. like how Dimitri and Edelgard are coming from. Like they want to change the system, but they only know what the system has taught them uh yes, whereas yes. claude is coming from completely outside of the system like hey this is fucked up <laughs> like mm-hmm. coming from like this this completely outside angle. right it's um, almost this idea of like like they sort of experience these failures of imagination that claude doesn't where it's just kind yes. of like mm-hmm. if we yes. are working within this we're our hands are tied we have to do this bloody coup and it's like right. i don't know what about talking yeah. right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like that's the thing is like I don't get everyone is supposed to be like so articulate and well educated and smart and they are and none of them like writes a treatise or like has a secret newspaper or like just like tries to like I don't know get people on their side that way like I guess it is like Mm -hmm. 1185 maybe no one else can read but like I don't know it just seems like there was like a talking solution to all of this yeah Yeah. well I know Edelgard has her manifesto but it's like join us or die which is not a choice not a meaningful choice and I'm sure Um, you guys talk about this with golden deer but like some thing I find so fucking frustrating is if all three house leaders literally had a honest conversation before and then right after the time skip, none of this would happen. They would all ally with each other, probably against the church mm-hmm. and or at least those who sliver, yes. slither in the dark. Yeah. And then like, could just make a whole new society to be clear easier said than done but like it's just like it's literally yeah. a matter of like it's almost a like well Cla- like, even though like claude's letter didn't arrive on time therefore we're all fighting oh. each other on grander field like that is like, so psycho. frustrating psycho to me shit. that made no sense <laughs> no, and that's uh, a kind it made of, no sense for you, the alliance and the kingdom and if fight. you try and parse like the narrative of the game that's kind of the whole deal it's like why did hubert wait to tell you about those who slither in the dark until after he dies like what if he mm-hmm. was like hey by the way we have a mutual enemy like yeah. <laughs> i don't know right all, yeah that is uh, you know we we had this conversation early on after the time skip where i was like is you know are we are we all like living in the same world basically and just right. seeing it from different perspectives and, no, not at and all. is it going to yeah. come back around or are these different timelines and you're right they're different timelines yeah but like I do feel like Dimitri and Edelgard are pawns. That's Mm -hmm. like the whole Mm -hmm. point is like there is a much bigger, literally ancient conflict going on that they are just sort of like the latest people Mm -hmm. being manipulated in. And I wish that that had like been resolved. So instead you get to the end of these respective arcs and with Edelgard, it's like, okay, we defeated the church and those who slither in the dark are still out there, but we'll get them. It's fine. Mm -hmm. And like in Blue Lions, they haven't been taken care of at all. Mm -hmm. No. Like that's still, that's still a threat. It's like Dimitri's king now. Okay. Yeah. Dimitri's (laughs) king. There's, there's still some like ancient underground, like, uh, you know, mole people. I was just like, I don't know. Like I, uh, and that's again to the, to the point that like, this could have just been one, Mm. one run where like that does all come full circle. And Mm. you do get to see, like really appreciate that. Like Dimitri and Edelgard are both really tragic figures, I think. Mm -hmm. And that is undermined at the end of their arcs when it's like, then there were rainbows in the sky and everything (laughs) was perfect. And uh, all the, you know, people of Fodlin loved being ruled by Dimitri or Edelgard. It's like eh, kind of like undermining the whole, whole story that you were telling with the two of them. Um, I think that that's a really astute point. And even that like they are both orphans and 22 left to rule Mm -hmm. their respective like 
unified nations now, which like obviously again, 1885 or 1185, maybe they're only going to live till yeah. 29 anyway. But like, <laughs> I don't know. There is something very, they're in their prime. there is something very happily ever after about those endings Absolutely. in particular, like those two in particular that just like really belies the, the depth of their, their difficult plot lines. Yeah. Which, 100%. Which, is, which is kind of frustrating now thinking about it in the context of how the golden deer ends where it's like, mm-hmm. and then racism almost kind of starts to go away <laughs> at the end of Golden Deer, where whereas uh, in Black Eagles and Blue Lines, it's just like, and then everything is fine. Right. <laughs> like right. Golden Deer is like, and here's how systems actually work really, really, really slow. But yeah, I, I love I think Golden Deer is the best. Ugh. It is. It is. <laughs> it is. It really is. Yeah. Uh, I love the I thought the final cut scene was very fun. It does end in a very abrupt way like, after you yeah. defeat Nemesis. But My like, God, he dies and then it's like, OK, hug and see you. Bye. And yeah. the game is over. It's <laughs> like, OK, Isn't that battle so fun, though. I think that that battle is totally wild. The the Nemesis battle where you have to get all of the 10 elites and then get him. I just thought that was great. Like, oh, yeah, it's yeah. pretty neat conceptually. Yeah. Yeah. But it does also yeah. just kind of come. At, we oh, talked I mean, about this in the episode, but it feels shit. like it just, like, yeah, it's so silly. It's like, wait. It almost <laughs> feels like it should be like a DLC battle or something. Like, it doesn't feel like yeah. it's part of the main line. Yeah. But mm. I think what I appreciate is that it's just a different map. It's a different style of battle. Yeah, and like, it's so, yeah. look, it, the map is so interesting. I love this mm-hmm. game, as I've said many times, but like the, <laughs> the lack of um, variance on maps gets to you so quickly. I feel mm. like, I don't know if you guys felt this way, but like, there's mm. like six or seven total. And yeah. you, like, you fight each of them so many times and like I don't know did either of you guys play with the DLC by any chance the, I um, yeah I have the deal I, er, I had the DLC like installed for my uh-huh. second playthrough uh, cool. I didn't do any of the the abyss yeah, stuff yeah. but I did do the auxiliary battles that get you like five times the amount of gold yeah, yeah, and, they, yeah. and, and they were on new maps I was like whoa new maps wow. that's what I was gonna say is I actually think it's worth it just for that alone and yeah. I do wish and I don't know if this is sorry this is getting into like real like gamer shit but like <laughs> the DLC no gamer shit on this video game <laughs> like, podcast yeah. Capital G gamer. But like the DLC for previous versions, like for Awakening and I believe for Fates and stuff was just like, you can spend 350 and just like get a couple more maps, like, like just, you know, four or five more like maps. Map and packs, that's just yeah. what you get. And it's just like, mm-hmm. those would be the equivalent of like the end of the month auxiliary battles. And oh. I ended up buying like, like, again, I played Fates or Awakening rather maybe 12 years after it came out. And I still ended up going to the 3DS store and buying all of that DLC <laughs> because it's so, it's just like just the right amount of variance. And mm. I really wish Three Houses had that. I think if like, if it had been like you pay 10 bucks and you can get like a whole new set of maps or whatever, I think people yeah. totally would have done that. Yeah. But I, I like the DLC. I actually do recommend checking it out, Kim, if you are at all interested. The characters Someday, are great. Yeah. The characters are, and, and I will say the battles are decently very difficult. Like, like it's fun. That's what I've heard. The battles are actually yeah. like really hard for I would say it feels solidly like hard mode no matter what <laughs> that's pretty cool I'm going to I'm sorry I just need to share this I'm going to leave this call and probably start another yeah run. hell yeah that's what's gonna hell happen yeah. god damn it I probably would if I were not completely caught up in Pokemon Arceus right now <laughs> oh yeah I, I did start Arceus yeah. this weekend and it is yeah it's scratching very an itch. fun yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that was the recruitment question oh yeah, yeah. We've, we've actually kind of touched on some of the other ones so yeah. we asked about you you know, should we do one chapter per yeah, episode? Yeah. And we've talked about how the pace might have mm-hmm. <laughs> been an issue. Um, we talked about uh, the must-dos to get the full experience, which was Edelgard and Lysithia mm-hmm. and deduce Paralogue mm-hmm. for me. So I I won't get into it again, <laughs> but I've my thoughts on the handling of Dedu are known. Oh my God. Um, it's disgraceful. I feel they, they did my man dirty. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> so that leads into we asked you who the best student was, which is now in retrospect an even more absurd question. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we we did our final rankings uh yesterday and it was like so like everyone's an S or an A yeah. except like a few people. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, it was so difficult. Yeah, I did though. The himbo question. Yeah. Mm. Raph totally delivered. Uh, there was a point at the beginning where I was like, is he a himbo or is he just like a big guy who likes to eat? No, he's a himbo. Mm -hmm. uh, but I remember you, you were like, some people might say that Sylvain is a himbo. And I, I'm so I have to talk to you about <laughs> okay. I have to talk I'm to you Sylvain about this apologist man. and like this is what will get me canceled. I'm sure. Mm. I think here is and again, okay, I, this is also what will get me canceled. So I'm I'm a big fic reader and that's new for me. I mm -hmm. don't think I had even heard about AO3 until maybe two years ago. Oh and God. now I like I read tons of Fire Emblem fic and that was like the thing that got me into it. And like a lot of it is just because of the characterization. And I think it was almost feeling like there were so many holes in the characterization that like yeah. I needed to have that filled in for me by, and this is not great language to be using when talking about fanfic, but whatever. Um, but like it, Sylvain is to me one of the most interesting characters. And I think a lot of this stuff, and, and all, all of that is to say the stuff about Fick that I don't know exactly what I think about him now that is of the game and what is completely, <laughs> completely headcanon made up by other people, what have you. So like I so fully understand and respect why someone like would think Sylvain absolutely sucks as a character because like he is mm -hmm. awful and he like doesn't do a lot to redeem himself. But I do think that there is a really interesting version of Sylvain that is very, very secretly smart. Like I think you see this in a bunch oh, yeah. of his supports where it's like 100%. he doesn't work very hard. I think there's a lot of stuff with his brother that's fascinating to me that like he, you know, really sort of just like had this insane trauma because of Miklon and really sort of decided early on like I am going to be a fuck up because then no one will rely on me to do anything. Like mm -hmm. I'm just compelled by that as a character. And again, I think the Felix stuff just like ties it all together for me where I'm like if these yeah. two are in love and they have been in love since they were 14 and they don't know what to do about it and like Sylvain is sort of misguidedly fucking all these girls like in order to <laughs> fill a hole in his heart but like he and Felix are together all along like mm -hmm. that all just explains Sylvain to me in such a like compelling and messy way that like yeah. he is this very flawed person who is the first to admit how fucked up he is and pushes away everyone who loves him and of course the person who loves him most is this like also very prickly person who no one thinks that mm. they can get to know and then I think the Ingrid and Dimitri relationship the fact that all four of them were childhood friends yeah. and like they have sort of stuck by him and he's sort of stuck by them like I don't know I think Sylvain is kind of the key to what makes the Blue Lions interesting in a lot of ways but all of that wow. said I understand a thousand percent why someone would be like, like, I think that there is someone who could be very rightfully and legitimately like, I'm very uncomfortable with this character. This makes me think of some like really bad mm -hmm. shit. Like I, I do not want to discount that whatsoever. It's just like, I don't know. I got such a soft spot for my boy. And I think going back to the himbo question, I just don't think he's stupid. I think he like pretends to no. be stupid, but he's really not. I think yeah. he's very calculating. And I think that that can go really fucking wrong a lot of the time. Um, But I, I just don't think he's a himbo at all. <laughs> I yeah I total I totally agree and I definitely understand why you feel the way that you do because he is it's one of those examples of this is not a good person but it's a good character a thousand percent yeah, and I think the is, problem with the structure of the game and the problem even with the idea of the supports is that like they're kind of trying to make it seem like every character can be redeemed by the end of their mm -hmm. little arc. Like the idea mm -hmm. with most A or A plus supports is like, and then we solved your problem forever. Like you explained that like, it's not that you hate women. You actually hate the women who are like bad to you. And it's like, what do you mean? You still hate right. fucking women. Like, right. like that's, yeah. that's like, we should not be asked to like 
rehabilitate your reputation. We should just be able to see you from a more multidimensional standpoint, if that makes sense. Right. And I do think like, I don't know... They seem to think that it was a mystery that Sylvain hates women and that it was something that people needed to figure out. And it's like, no, you treat women this way because you hate them. It's not just like like uh, maybe it's it it was sort of a um, that they didn't portray it exactly. Mm -hmm. They weren't misleading enough with his portrayal early on to make it seem like a, a surprise at the end. You know, it's not like he's like, oh, I just you know, I just love having fun with women. And, you know, I just can't choose is the issue. Right, right. Um, and it's like, no, like you, you like intentionally break hearts. Right. It's like that's well like, documented. <laughs> that's <laughs> misogyny. We, we know this. Right. <laughs> so yeah, that, that to me, if anything is what, what made it unsatisfying to the extent that it was, which I don't, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I don't think that it really was, but more so than, than the fact that he's not redeemed. I think it's interesting mm-hmm. to have a character that isn't redeemed, but yeah, I, I do. I agree with you too. Like there, he says some really heinous shit. Mm-hmm. Like there was one, what was the line that that was in the recent <laughs> episode we just released where he was like, oh yeah, you got to like get a fortress oh, like a woman. You got to get past her defenses. It's like, that is like maybe the worst thing anyone has said in this game. A thousand like, percent. <laughs> a thousand percent. And it's like, horrible. I don't want to like excuse any of that because like, I do think he thinks that stuff. Like, I mean, he's a fictional mm-hmm. character, but like, like he does, like he says it, he thinks it. But I also think that there is a degree to which he just like kind of deadened the part of his brain that makes him like, that mm-hmm. would make him be more empathetic or smart and almost like wants to get a rise out of people, like wants to say the shit that's like so heinous, like sort of. I mean, right. here's the thing. If this goes back to the podcasting question is like if he were around today, he would probably get super fucking red pilled and like be awful. Mm-hmm. And like like it is not a far jump to think that like you go from sort of like I'm just asking questions. I'm just doing my own research yeah. to being like <laughs> this awful person. I would just like yeah. to think that uh, pre, you know, in, in 18 or 1185 that uh, Sylvain has some hope yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I, yeah. I i totally agree i think that um they do a really good job of complicating mm-hmm. him you know so of, of explaining this is why he he is the way that he is and it totally tracks and mm-hmm. it totally makes sense and it feels almost too real mm. yes um, especially in comparison i think that's a great point kim because so many of the other characters do not feel real that sometimes when you're presented yeah. with someone who does or someone who feels particularly modern which i think is the linhart and dorothea problem mm-hmm. where they both are so savvy and so dorothea less so i think linhart is maybe hard to get to know as a character because he just like has the measure of everything that's going on from like a very modern mm-hmm. perspective such that it's very jarring when then he's like talking to Caspar who's like and then I hit a training dummy like 30 <laughs> times and it's like it just feels really at odds somehow yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I would count Hilda too yes, as another 100%. character who feels extremely modern very anachronistic to the point that I'm like yeah like Hilda's just like playing the game with me and like commenting percent. on the things that are happening yeah. Yeah. like oh so we're both we're all just gonna go around in a circle and say that we're all going to do our best. Exactly. It's like almost too meta and self-aware for a game mm-hmm. that is like not particularly self-aware. Yeah. 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 It's it, they, they do. They stick out yeah. and they're great characters. A but yeah. Actually, oh, yeah. this is something that's funny, actually, is the DLC. The characters you like do it with essentially are the three house leads right. and then mm-hmm. Hilda, Linhart, and I believe Ash. And it, it's an interesting nice. combo. Whoa. And like, I don't think any of those characters have supports with like across houses in um, mm-hmm. the mainline game. And it's just fascinating watching them all kind of interact and like talk about this stuff and being like, I don't know, should we be going to this like creepy underground without like telling to do and Hubert? And then it's like, yeah, let's do it. That's so interesting. That's so interesting. 
That is really interesting. Yeah. Um, I do just want to, I really appreciate that conversation, but I have nothing to say because I don't, I know nothing about Sylvain. Oh, yeah. Totally sorry. Sorry. Okay. Um, I do just want to hop just back. blew out my mic. <laughs> to our uh, must-dos really quick. Mm. I think oh, Edelgard yeah. Lysithi, yes, deduce paralog, obviously. But I also want to say recruiting Aloise if you can, mm. uh, I think Crimson Flower, he probably just, just stays with the church. But otherwise, I think you uh-huh. should recruit Aloise okay. because otherwise Geralt is like nothing like he's mm. he is he is your dad. And it is sad when he dies, but there yeah. is no anything. And I think yeah. the, the thing that struck me most about Aloise, because I had Aloise in the my Golden Deer run is how much you learn it's like i mean it's like learning about your parents like having personalities and like they mm. being fun or whatever you know like you only see so much of your parents like actual personality and then like talking to you know a childhood friend or something or someone who right, right. was their squire like Aloise <laughs> has this view and i mean leone too leone in leone supports in golden deer or, or sorry between Aloise and leone they have some some back and forth but there's just like it's it's i think it's so worthwhile having those supports with Aloise and learning about Geralt more as a person and less of just this like figure mm. in in Byleth's story that I think it, it it's they're, they're really good and I think that everybody should experience that if possible I love that I think that's really smart advice and I'm gonna take it myself my next run nice yeah, I would also just highly and generally recommend all of the faculty <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I'm I'm really interested in this take because, like I said, I've never had the time of day for them. I, I find them that. so cloying. <laughs> <laughs> I like Shamir, but uh, Shamir is great. Shamir rules. Oh, I so find cool. Catherine such a like weird narc. I just like kind of can't oh. get past oh, yeah. it. Yeah, I like Sedith. I'm sort of a Sedith apologist at this point. Oh, there is I love Sedith. actually this is one support that you may never unlock because it's like totally random, but it does reveal an interesting tidbit, which is Flane's a support with Dimitri. Did either of you get that? No. It is the only. I think. I might have gotten close. So <laughs> I don't know if I, I might have gotten their B. So I don't this remember. is something that is alluded to throughout many of Dimitri's supports. And it is only explicitly said, I believe in his A support with Flane, which is that ever since the tragedy of Dusker, he has lost his sense of taste. He cannot taste food. What? And that's why what? when she like makes him shitty meals, he's like, oh, like this is yeah. fine. Like I'm <laughs> right. happy that's to like eat this. And like meals. everyone is like running from the dining hall. And he's just like, I don't know, maybe it's a little burned. And like that actually explains like five other supports he has about like food and tasting and stuff. Like wow. it's anyway, that's just like a funny tidbit that like obviously has nothing to do with the mainline game. But I'm like, hmm, what you a- can't taste my man. Like- is that like a trauma response? Like why? Uh, presumably. Yeah. Wow. That's wild. Anyway, that's my fun little I love that. I love <laughs> Easter that. Egg. Wow. Actually, Flane has pretty funny supports with a lot of people. Like Flane, Flane's yeah. for Flane's Ferdinand support, I think is incredible where she's like, you smell great. And I would like to yes. hug you. Oh my God. She's <laughs> like, what's that smell? And he's like, it's weapon oil. Yeah. I don't know. She's like, right. it's amazing. Oh, that yeah. one. It re- yeah. It reminds her of cooking oil. Well, it's also, it's hard to get her to a supports with the black Eagles yeah. because yeah. she can only do it in the silver snow run yeah. because like she can't, cause oh, she won't yeah. join the Edelgard campaign. Right. So mm-hmm. there's some like little, little sneaky ah, stuff. Mm. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, I love Flane and Raphael that is yeah that's amazing an amazing support line and (laughs) just to preview for you one of the things I uh want thought about doing um but did not end up doing was putting Raphael and Flane together Mm -hmm. because I figured Raphael's never gonna figure out that she's a saint (laughs) so Sedith would like would have to begrudgingly approve like 
like yeah i right. guess you know what yeah. like nobody's ever gonna he's if anybody's ever gonna you know figure it out it wouldn't be him <laughs> i also i love the sort of like narrative implication that like obviously byleth sets everything in motion right like uh -huh. byleth is in some ways i mean in some ways the catalyst for a lot of this stuff maybe edelgard would have launched a rebellion and whatever but like byleth <laughs> is the is the spark i like the idea that flane has been alive for maybe thousands of years and just hasn't started dating until byleth comes along yeah <laughs> it's like like it's like yeah, yeah like the war is happening and we're mounting defense and like also here's when i learned to flirt <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, bizarre. I yeah, I I still don't fully understand Seth nope, and Flane. And, oh, <laughs> another thing, Geralt and Leone. Where was Byleth? Oh, oh exactly, because Leone's yeah. supposed to be Byleth's age, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're about the yeah. same age. Well, there are some. I think yeah. um, Byleth and Hanuman supports actually. There is some. Do you explain that a little bit? A little bit. Where Hanuman, I guess, like a light spoiler for this, but Hanuman brings up the idea as like Please. maybe you're not actually Geralt's kid interesting uh just oh. because of the way that time Tracks. time stuff yeah. lines up which is weird but yeah i don't know i honestly again i've played this game so many times i've played golden deer which is the most like illuminating route and i still don't Ooh. actually know like what happens yeah say like 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 i get that like it's like Rhea saving her mother and the heart and the chest but it's kind of like okay i just feel that there were other options like I, I don't know like and then like why now and why nemesis and like like it's just not explained very well to me at all no. <laughs> mm -hmm. it also feels like the game like intentionally lays some red mm -hmm. herrings like it likes to right, fuck right. with you um you know for example like probably not even a good example but like for example with claude where at the beginning he's like so fascinated by the crest stones and and relics mm -hmm. and it seems yeah. like maybe he's like got something sinister going on and then it's like no actually i just want to end racism right um <laughs> <laughs> like you know it's it, it likes sort of leaving red herrings mm -hmm. for you and uh messing with you essentially which it can be i think is fun but also frustrating when like the answers are not always clear right, at, right, right. in it's the like end you can have one or the other. You can either have like a very yeah. neat ending and some like sneaky turnoffs or like just tell me it straight. Yeah. Yeah. That's very funny. Gosh. I I don't have anything additional yeah. in terms of like specific topics. I could go on and on. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I could talk about this game probably forever, but I don't have anything Literally else same. specific to talk about. So, I mean, if Kim, if you don't, Alana, do you have anything that you want to touch on maybe that you've heard through our experience or that you... I don't know. Anything else? No, not really. I mean, I've loved uh, like following along with you guys. It's really been cool to see it sort of for, <laughs> for, for from fresh eyes again for the mm. first time, like at, at, because it's something that like I am so steeped in, as, as right. I was saying, I can't even pull mm -hmm. apart where all my like feelings and thoughts come in on this. <laughs> yeah. um, but I'm excited to see you guys like continue with this game sort of in your, you know, day to day lives or year to year lives. Like I, I, that's what I think about this game above all is like it's almost like Hades in that I think it's the type of game I'm just going to come back to yes. like possibly mm -hmm. for the rest of my life. Like, like, I think I might just like yeah. do a Fire Emblem Three Houses run every now and then because it just like it scratches such a particular itch in such a perfect and like pretty self-contained way. Like obviously 60 hours is nothing to sneeze at, but right. there is a way I think to just sort of be like, oh, I'm going to pick this up and play for like a couple hours before bed or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then like I'm going to put it down for a few weeks. Like, I don't know. I think it just like slots into your life really neatly. And I will say there have been swirling rumors about a sequel to Three Houses, like where basically like the idea is that this like revived the franchise, right? Like this, sure. this just like mm -hmm. is the huge 
hugest game. It just did so well for them. And like the idea, I guess, is that like the next game will sort of be a direct continuation. But like, I don't know what that actually could or would look like, especially because there's no canonical ending to this either. Like Mm. my hope is they just use the same like monastery battlefield structure and like completely retool Mm. it. And like, I'm with you guys that like, I think that the multi-act structure and maybe even permadeath like aren't even totally the move narratively speaking for these games anymore. And like, I'd be interested to see if like they could coalesce it into like a little bit more of like an RPG. Um, But who knows? I'm excited to see what they do. And especially with this game, they they, to just talk about the permadeath, like they made the characters such a huge, and obviously there's there's dozens and dozens of characters in every other Fire Emblem game as well. But I feel like this game specifically is like so centered on character relationships. Right, it's like what happens if Felix dies? Then like the blue the blue lions run just like isn't interesting anymore. Yeah, like like so why even make that an option? Yeah, it's 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 just so so weird that that's even Mm -hmm. an option. But I guess it's it's for the people who want to play just like Fire Emblem and just skip all the story stuff, which exactly honestly might be a way to play the game. I don't know. Yeah, (laughs) fair enough. That is absolutely how I played my last maddening run because it was probably the third or fourth time I'd done Golden Deer, and I was like, I don't need to hear you like reading my dad's diary again, Claude. Like I'm just gonna fucking get to the battlefield. (laughs) Uh, Well. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh my God, guys. Uh, Thank you so much for letting me be a part of this. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so happy to have you. Um, What a treat. I can't believe that we don't have to make any more episodes about this video game. (laughs) I am so proud of you guys. Um, yeah, maybe someday if we do church runs, yes. maybe, um, maybe <laughs> we'll see. Maybe there'll be like a supplemental episode that'll pop up and be like, here's what yeah. the abyss is like. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, again, I mean, again, Alana, thank you so much for your, your guidance in the beginning and, and for coming thank along you. with us on this journey. <laughs> literally anytime and i cannot wait to see what game you guys choose next yeah uh yeah speaking of which that uh episode zero for our next game will be out next week so stay tuned for that if you want to figure out what we're playing mm-hmm. uh also big announcement incoming as well yes so very big just keeping that in um yeah so i like that's that's the show i guess thank you to amaranthan for writing our music thank you to scout for making our art those links are all in the show notes as are our twitters alana if you want to promote anything whatever you're doing right now yeah, where can people find you yeah uh you guys can just find me on twitter at alana uh i'm right there <laughs> just tweeting about what i'm working on <laughs> nice every time i i read your handle i can't believe that you just got alana like that's wild. listen it's uh so i impressive. used to work in the wild wild west days of the internet back when that was easier to, <laughs> to get and it's sort of a relic of that time mm. all right well thank you you two uh thank you everybody listening we'll be back next week like we said kim did you have any final quotes or anything forever i don't actually Not gosh um yeah i i, I didn't even think about it because uh because we didn't uh yeah to actually talk about a yeah and that's fair uh, enough that's fair set enough. of chapters today uh, yeah just uh i don't know if you liked the show <laughs> Divine Pulse back to the beginning and play more Fire Emblem, I guess. I don't know. Bye, Bye. everybody. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>、oh, that couldn't have been worse. That was worse, beautiful. I loved it. Wait, can I ask you guys what the announcement slash new game are? I won't tell anyone. Yeah.、Uh, we're playing. <gasps> oh my God. Wait. Fuck you guys. Fuck you guys, you are just going to...